Welcome to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. You're listening to our weekly worship service message. Thank you for tuning in. Charles Stanley said when he knelt down, he would would fall asleep. And so he began to pray that God would remove the stronghold of slumber. And how many of you all go to sleep while you're praying or while you're reading your Bible? Seem like the devil tries to distract you and get you off focus right when you're trying to do the right thing, when you're trying to grow spiritually. He prayed that the Lord would remove this stronghold of slumber and give him a spirit of alertness. And he said when he prayed that immediately, he began to feel an alertness and a power and a vitality came back to his prayer. And maybe you're here today and you need to pray that too. Remove this stronghold, remove that stronghold, remove whatever is hindering your prayer life. If we're going to have victory, if we're going to have revival, if we're going to have spiritual awakening and renewal, we must pray in the Spirit because it's spiritual warfare that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And pray in the Spirit. But then we are to pray in all seasons. We are to pray in all seasons. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. There is a uh, sense that when it says all, it's implying a concentrated and thorough prayer in all circumstances, in all seasons, on all occasions, we are to be in a state of prayer. That's what Paul said in that very familiar passage that we've shared many times from out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. We are to pray in everything with all kinds of prayers and requests. There are many different kinds of prayers. Maybe you're here today and you need to pray a prayer of confession. Think about after David, who was a man after God's own heart, uh, committed adultery and murder, and yet he prayed in Psalm 51, verse 4, against you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Maybe today you're not experiencing the freedom that the Spirit of God wants to bring you because you're carrying around unconfessed sin. Today you can confess it to the Lord and I promise you He will forgive you. There's prayers of confession. There's prayers of praise. In Psalm chapter 18, verse 3, uh, David said, I called out to you because you are worthy to be praised and I have been saved from my enemies. Wouldn't it be great if we could all give God praise today that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross? We can't praise him enough for what he's done for you and for me. There's prayers of thanksgiving. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. 
for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To not walk around with a silly grin on your face feeling happy, but to be joyful that comes from a personal relationship with Christ. To pray continually, that means to be in a constant awareness of the presence of God in our lives and to be thankful always. How many of us are so busy griping and complaining about everything that's wrong instead of thanking God for everything that's right that he's done for you and for me? But there are also uh, prayers of petition. Prayers of petition. We read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. But then there's also prayers of intercession. Prayers of intercession. First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul said, uh, first of all then, we are to, uh, to request and to pray and to have intercession and thanksgiving for all people. Did you all hear that? First of all. First of all, before you get out of bed in the morning, you should pray. First of all, before you take a shower, pray. First of all, before you eat breakfast, pray. First of all, before you drive to work, pray. First of all, before you go to school, pray. First of all, before you go to practice, pray. First of all, before you go to the gym, pray. First of all, before you run out onto the field, pray. There's an importance that prayer should be the first resort, not the last resort. It's important today that we pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Even Jesus petitioned His Father in Luke twenty-two forty-two, when He went into the Garden of Gethsemane and He said, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from Me. But not my will, your will be done. When we pray, you all, many times, I, we are selfish. But ultimately, we need to pray for God's will to be done in our lives. And God can use our brokenness, and God can use our mistakes, and God can use um, some bad decisions that we've made, and He can forgive us, clean the slate, and His will can be done. And what the devil intended for harm, God can turn it into something good to bring him glory and to make a difference in your life and mine. Oh, it's important today that, that we uh, pray in all seasons. I want to tell you that something's been bothering me for a while, and I've shared it with a couple of you, but when we first built this church, you know, we're here on a hill. I like to say we're a lighthouse on the hill shining a light, drawing people to Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful location. But when it came to building this building and then building the cross center, we liked the space to have level flat parking. That's why we had to do tiers down the side of the hill to park. And if y'all will remember, when I was trying to sell you on the idea of, of us building to accommodate our needs and having room to park, I challenged you all, those of you that are healthy physically and able-bodied, to park down in the lower lots so these close spots would be for the senior adults 
and anyone that had health issues. And so ever since that day one on Sunday morning, I park on the lowest slot down over the hill. And what I do is each Sunday morning when I'm walking up to the church, I'm praying. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the service. I'm praying that God would give me the words. I'm praying that he would stir in the hearts of people and that decisions would be made for Christ. I'm praying. But I have to tell you, the last few weeks, I've been discouraged and I've been bothered. Let me tell you how the devil will use anything. We have a wonderful house and grounds team here that this group of volunteers, they're here almost every day of the week with this large campus fixing something. Then we also have some uh, people that we pay to clean the, the landscape and to mow and do things. This time of year, with the way the weather is and the way weeds grow, the last several weeks when I've been walking past the children's wing in front of our guest parking, I've been seeing all these weeds growing in our landscaping. And I've thought, you know what, by next Sunday, I bet you those weeds will be gone. The next Sunday came and went, those weeds were still up. I'd be praying for the service and walk by those weeds and go, ooh. It's right here in front of guest parking. Church growth experts say that people are determining in the first seven minutes of arriving on your property if they're going to come back for a second visit. In the first seven minutes. So what are they basing that on? Parking, landscaping. You know what I thought? If people see weeds in the landscaping, they're going to think they don't care about weeds in my life. And so they're talking about the friendliness of the people walking through the door, the cleanliness of the bathrooms, signage that show them where the nursery and children's are. They're making all these decisions before they even hear me preach, so don't blame it on me. <laughs> In the first seven minutes, I haven't started preaching yet. But those little things mean a lot. I'm thinking, if they don't care about that, they're not going to care about me. So on Wednesday, with my khakis and my little polo shirt, I got out there and I started slinging it. Started pulling weeds and pulling weeds. And my, my khakis were stuck to my legs with sweat and it was rolling down. And I know Bill's done that and Lee Rainwater has done that and trying to pull up. And again, I, I know this time of year it's hard to keep it but that's the same way how the devil is constantly popping up weeds in our lives. And if you're not watching and you're not working, they'll overtake you. They'll overrun you. And that's why we've got to keep pulling and keep trusting in the Lord because we don't want anything to hinder the Spirit of God. And our lives are in this church, even if it means pulling up some weeds. I'm not too good to pull weeds. And I pray that you would be willing to do whatever it takes to keep the focus on the Lord. But then, not only are we to pray in all seasons, but we are to pray for all the saints that they would stand firm. Paul went on to say in verse 18, with this in mind, that we should be alert and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. To keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And then he actually went on to say, and to keep praying for him that he might proclaim fearlessly the mystery of Christ, and that he might speak words fearlessly 
why he is in chains. And so I hope you pray for me too, but we are to pray for each other. We are, prayer is so important that we pray for all the saints to stand firm. In verse 11, that's what Paul said in, in Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 22, before he sent his 12 disciples out to, to heal and to perform miracles and to preach the good news, he said, all men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm till the end will be saved. You know what that says to me? That when we persevere, I think salvation comes with our perseverance. Hebrews 10.25 Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the, capital D, day coming. That's the return of Christ. We are not to give up meeting together, not give up praying together, praying for one another. One of the foundations of the New Testament church out of Acts 2.42, which we've tried to pattern ourselves after this verse, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. If you would read on in verse 47, they met together praising God and, and giving Him all the, the glory, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know something else that's been bothering me? That I feel like prayer is not that important to a lot of folks. Prayer meeting is not that important. Did you know that about 90, uh, probably 96 or 7% of our prayer meeting on Wednesday night are senior adults? So what does that say? That the younger generation thinks prayer is not important? Prayer is vitally important. What's going to happen when the older generation dies off? Do our prayers die too? We pray for one another. That's what he said. Pray for all the world. We are sometimes selfish that it's all about me, and I don't want to hear or do for anybody else. It's important. The fuel that brings revival and spiritual awakening is prayer. And if we are complacent and we don't think prayer is important, then it's a sad commentary for the future of God's church. There's power in prayer. And it's so important that we have a hunger and a thirst after prayer. Shouldn't have to beg people to come and pray. People should desire to want to pray. It was one of the foundations of the early church and let me tell you, we wouldn't be here where we are today without prayer. And if we want to continue to grow and see some of these seats that are empty filled, then we must pray like never before. Jesus instructed his disciples in Mark 14, 38, when he asked them to go into the inner garden, Peter, James, and John, 
Remember three times he came out and they were sleeping. And he said in verse 38, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. We're to pray for each other. We pray for people that are sick. We pray for people that are lost. We pray for people that are addiction, battling addiction. We pray for marriages that are falling apart. We pray for families that are in uproar. We pray for people to find jobs. We pray for people to find a house. We pray for people to find salvation. We must continue to pray for all the Lord's people and to pray for the church. When we stop praying is when God starts blessing this church, stops blessing. And I pray today that God would stir in your heart and mind that we would pray in closing, Charles Stanley said again in his book, Handle with Prayer, when God's people get on their knees and claim God's power and authority, heaven will begin to move and hell will begin to shake. When God's people get on their knees and we claim the power and the victory that's already been given to us through the Lord, then will heaven move and, and we start seeing decisions made for Christ and hell will shake because the devil's already been defeated. And I pray today as we come to a close of this series that you would put on your armor of God, the full armor of God, because if you're not being attacked yet, you will be. You better be ready to take your stand. And when you've done everything, you're going to keep standing. Onward, Christian soldier, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Aren't you ready to enlist in the Lord's army today and start doing what you and I need to do to bring glory and honor to our master, to our king, to our captain of our soul, Jesus Christ. May we pray. I pray right now, God, in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women here or young people that have never enlisted, joined your army, that this would be the day of salvation and they would come and give their heart and life to you. Or maybe, Father, some Christians have maybe not been as active Lord, the devil has just lured them away with distractions and busyness and a lot of other things. Lord, I pray that you would bring them back to you today, that they would re-enlist and start serving you again and, and being an active part of God's church. Lord, I pray that if there are guests that have been visiting, they feel your Holy Spirit and they want to be a part of this family of faith that's trying to make a difference. Oh God, give them the boldness. Give all these folks the courage and the boldness to come today. Not worry about what anyone else thinks, but only what you think, God. Give them that strength to come, to trust in you, to obey you, to follow you. We'll give you all the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday at 8.30 or 11 a.m. For more information about our church and our ministries, go to forksbaptist.org.